Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. Here at Software People Stories, we are celebrating Women's Month with five different women being featured in series. We have the distinct privilege to introduce five very inspiring women from different realms of technology. I would like to introduce Palashi, who is a research scholar from Cornell University, who is breaking the barriers between social impact and technology. Then we have Pooja Isar, who comes from the investment background and social uh, work. And now she is the managing director for Anita B, who shares her interesting journey. And next we have Vaishali James, who's a marketing professional for technology. And she talks about her journey of coming from a very humble background and uh, breaking different, different uh, arenas. Next, um, we have Pramita, who's a satellite engineer. And she talks about how do we uh, take 75 people to the moon from India. And last but not the least, we have Bindu Sunil, who shares her passion of embedded and uh, how she's changed her avatar to become a cloud engineer and she's heading the cloud division in Wipro. This whole month, every Friday, consecutively, we'll be releasing one new episode. Don't forget to listen to each one of them and get inspired. Hi, good morning, Palashi. A very, very happy new year and thank you for joining Software People Stories and featuring in the Women's Month of March. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Gayatri. It's exciting to be here. I've heard so much about the podcast, so it's an honor to be here. So like what we uh, do uh, with all our podcasters, uh, Palashi, um, why don't you introduce yourself in uh, with your own words? Sure. So I'm Palashi. I am a PhD candidate in the information science department at Cornell University. I am broadly interested in intersection of society and technology, and I come at it from lots of angles. I do a lot of uh, research at different things, um, but my dissertation work um, and how I also got introduced to Gayatri um, has to do with how women in technology groups are working within the technology industry. And before this, I was um, working as many things, including a software engineer. And then I um, decided to venture into doing things at the intersection of technology and society in my work, which took me down many interesting paths. I worked with nonprofits. I worked with uh, social startups. Um, to eventually realize that I really was passionate about doing research. And so I decided that that's what I'm going to pursue. But that's a little bit about me. Wow, I have so many questions to ask you, uh, Palashi. I think uh, I'll probably uh, first ask uh, the elephant in the room. What is your dissertation all about? Um, I know you're saying from the whole intersection 
of society, technology, and women, uh, some level of women, and the diversity and everything, right? Can you uh, throw a little light on that? And uh, then I will ask about, you know, Rishi, Rishi Mulam or a why part of it. But can you throw a little more light on your dissertation? Definitely. So, um, actually, I have been working at the intersection of trying to understand the relationship between gender and technology over the last decade, actually, almost. And um, this pursuit has taken me in different directions. So although my dissertation is specifically looking at relationships of gender and other um, relationships associated with gender in technology, I've done work in the past um, on trying to also study how caste and political networks operate in Twitter and things like that. So those kind of work are part of the dissertation, but not a big part. They're like smaller projects. Um, but the, the main dissertation project is looking at how women in technology groups are collectivizing around questions of gender in the field of technology, what kind of work are they doing in these spaces, what kind of changes they want to see. And then broadly, I'm also talking to diversity and inclusion experts to understand how uh, they see this space changing, have, how they've seen this space evolve, what they see happening going forward. And um, also, I'm trying to understand the intersections of um, gender with other relationships, so class, um, caste, and um, like sexuality and things like that. But that's not a very big part of my work. It's something that's um, trying to nuance the understanding of gender in the field of technology a little bit. So that's like a broad overview of what the project is. The dissertation is still being written, so I'm afraid that I don't have the full picture yet. But um, it should be hopefully done by the end of this year. So I might have a better picture uh, in the future of what exactly it's going to be like, but that's probably what it's about. Wow, sounds very, very exciting, Palashi. Because when we um, started off as a, a career in women, in technology, right? Uh, we didn't, while we always knew that le less women were in college and uh, eventually in office or in organizations also, we never took that as a lens and uh, tried to explore that in depth. I think thank you for doing that. I think that is uh, super critical for the future generations to rely on. Palashi, uh, what made you take this path? I think many people, right, uh, uh, most of us uh, take the path that is often taken in terms of um, you have a high, a good, a well-paying technology job. You, uh, yeah, you excel in that and try to, uh, you know, uh, try to take some parts from there. What made you make that shift from being, uh, I, I know you were uh, working in uh, Deloitte and uh, um, as a software engineer and then uh, you moved. So what made you take that shift? So um, that's a great question because um, I was actually... Um, I have to give credit to the fact that my engineering education was um, a bit multidisciplinary than compared to a lot of colleges. So I went to this college called Thirupai Ambani Institute, which back then was nobody knew about it, but I think it's become more popular over time. But what was unique about um, the kind of education it was giving at that point of time was that um, we were required to take certain courses in humanities and social sciences as part of our training as engineers. And I think that's where the journey of like me being interested in the intersection of trying to understand how technology is shaping our society and how society in turn shapes the field of technology began. 
and we had some brilliant professors who i really enjoyed talking to and learning from and i actually did my undergrad um thesis on um how do you design web tools to teach history in classrooms in a way that gives more options to students to explore history and the reason i bring this up is that i think the interest was really already established early on but as you said it's hard to make these kind of decisions especially when you know when you come from like thinking your family is also telling you that you should go for a safe option and technology industry is a safe thing to pursue because you know you'll get a stable job and you know there are guarantees around and and back then like obviously it was um a big boom and so i was not very sure whether and what will come out of this interest that i had developed in college but after working in the industry not for very long like only a year and a half i quickly understood that i was very interested i was i was good at coding and i could code but i was not very interested in business and business applications of code which i think was one of the big indications for me where i was like you know i want to be motivated in do- building technology so actually the first thing i wanted to do was build technologies um to affect uh, social change or like build build you know make a difference in society so one of the first um jobs i took up after um working at deloitte was at um this uh, this organization called feminist approach to technology where i was training these um underprivileged um girls from um settlements in delhi in thinking about science and technology so these were like really young um high school kids and it was a really big learning experience for me because i not only understood what it meant to kind of do technology or scientific work in settings which are not privileged right like where they don't have access to things that we might have taken for granted but also it made me realize that um i have so much to learn in the space of how do you make sense of the world of society and what social factors th- shape us so um a very good example of that was that this organization's name feminist approach to technology was a very provocative one because i thought that what does that even mean right like what does it mean to come at uh, building technology from a feminist perspective and from that moment onwards i don't think i've looked back because since then i've been like moved by wanting to um explore this intersection more and more and um god's grace has also allowed me to pursue and find opportunities to keep pursuing it and after that i worked with this organization called menstrupedia which does some really cool work in trying to build technolo- technologies and actually comic books for addressing menstrual awareness um in the country which i think is very very important and so i think i saw all these people doing really cool work and i thought that you know there's there is space for people who want to bring technology in a in in a space that is socially inspired and socially aware and i wanted to be in that space so um that's basically how i made that sharp turn it's not really not very sharp i still work in information science which is a very technology oriented field but it lets me think think about humans as much as i think about technology which i think is what i wanted from my work and um i was lucky enough to find it in this space <laughs> so and i find it extremely inspiring palashi you see uh, as we um, move more into machine learning artificial intelligence and all of that right if you put humans in the center and have empathy based uh, perspective right always uh, that is uh, where um, organizations as well as uh, uh, you know society is also progressing towards 
think uh, there, uh, there is no um, winning if uh, part of your uh, you know uh, cadder is not winning right uh, there, there is no charm in that i think that is uh, how do you find out where your team is is it is it you your family or is it uh, you as a country or you as a you know whole world right i think that is i think some extent if you look at it the whole theme of uh, this decade is also about sustainability sustainability in terms of human capital in terms of environment in terms of you know how uh, people are treated equitable and all of that i think that's extremely pertinent I think uh, kudos to you and uh, so uh, when we when you look at uh, information sciences and and their applications from the societal impact right um what kind of a challenges are you facing um i i can I tell from a when i look at it from a scaling or a, from a you know a creating an uh, you know performance system and all of that i can imagine a lot of those things are already documented and kept but when we look at it from a societal impact it's a huge thing around change management it's about uh, you know creating the right impact because there is too many problems so how do you create the best bank of in the bank i mean how do you decide that and um, how do you go about oh wow that's a million dollar question i think i think the um actually you've hit quite the heart of the problem which is there's there's two issues right like one is the fact that we have so many issues and each of these are contextual right like issues facing the united states where i'm doing my phd are very different from what we face in india and what within india like smaller towns or rural communities are probably facing even more different issues than we would imagine in bigger cities and so i do think that one the problem of scale as you mentioned i think is also a problem that we face in the in thinking about how technology scale to communities that are not just in like privileged and things like that so that's one um but then i also think the other uh, side of it is that um as much as we want to uh, believe that technology is changing the world and changing societies which it is it's changing the way we live for sure um it this change is disparate for people and i think one of the th- critical challenges going forward as you rightly mentioned is not just a uh, sustainability of the planet we live on but also the sustainability of humans and i think that bit is really hard to crack because i don't know if you recently read about this report that came out um that oxfam put out uh, about income inequality in india which has some really staggering numbers if you think about it and i was talking to my father who is a doctor and um and he was talking to me about kind of like you know my partner who's working in the it industry and i used to but i don't anymore and he was telling me that the kind of salaries you make in it are just unimaginable for other people in other industries and when we were growing up this is the kind of money we would imagine making at like when we hit 50 years 60 years kind of a thing but i think that this is not to say that you know like these this kind of economic development in india is not important but i do think that income inequality is increasing a lot in india which is making which is also where technology plays a role right because you can see how um technology jobs while they're as precarious as we see because of the fact that they can be taken away and they are being taken away uh, at the drop of a hat recently um there is there is this tension which is deeply um part of the policy and the structure of how technology arrives in some of these spaces and i think that what 
we are lacking is um a consideration of who is this technology being designed for right like is it being designed for the top 1% for the top 10% or is it being designed and built for communities that are not just that right and how and once you do decide to build for the communities how do you scale them how do you make sure that they're addressing the needs um of these uh, of these communities and how do you bring them in the room and bring them into the conversation so i actually think that technology has a lot of potential for um changing the way that we think um the world should be and um changing the way societies operate but without without really radically imagining a different structure in which you know like only some communities continue to benefit from it we cannot sustain this um kind of movement of progress and um a very simple example of this is that i know that in the it industry um and also in my conversations with some of the women i've been talking to is like there's this move of trying to recruit from different parts of the country yeah. to be part like to expand the technology industry which i think is great but also at the same time are we also making sure that the the relationships that are that we that are being introduced with these new technologies um arriving in these spaces are not disrupting some of the some of the structures that people rely on very regularly right for example if people are switching to becoming uber drivers and they are putting their life saving in buying a car and then realizing that they can't even make enough for a day's living i think that that kind of disruption comes at a cost right so being really mindful about this disruption but also being really um invested in thinking about some of these spaces as being you know like disruption is sometimes an answer but it's not the whole of answer so i think there are many challenges i'm sorry i don't want to kind of take up all the time with this question but i think if you if you had to put it down i feel like the question of social equity and justice is the most important challenge facing our age because we are progressing like crazy as you've mentioned in the field of technology but at the same time so many people are leaving are being left behind so how do you kind of make sure that this progress scales at the way that we want it to so actually it's not very different from the kind of problems that you are talking about it is a problem of scale just a very different um, kind of perspective on it i think yeah i, I can imagine right the, the scale is, is even more important uh, how how much are you able to reach people how much is the, is the technology helping in terms of experience and everything so um, in my recent uh, travel uh, i headed i went to uh, rural uh, bihar and rural chatisgarh okay. so uh, and there you will not believe um, the same places i have traveled earlier um there will be a, a bank which is far and few between and you'll really have to plan and ensure that you have all the cash and everything before you travel because credit cards were lesser in number now uh, in uh, 2022 when i traveling it's completely uh, you can uh, see a upi payment everywhere and you also uh, not only see that you also see a lot of hindi being used earlier there used to be a more, lot more for example bhojpuri or was a language so we in fact armed ourselves and said we we, we will learn a bit of uh, local language local dialects and then go but i think uh, some extent of harmonization is happening um, because of the technology availability and people moving from different locations right uh, for example the locations that i had gone couple of people had moved uh, apart as part of the covid right uh, so they have brought brought in those changes so i'm saying is i think that change is happening 
at the same time are we bringing everybody along and are everybody getting benefited uh, obviously uh, you know capital uh, is in play right if not everybody will be getting a, uh, getting the same size of the pie if you will so coming back to the prioritization part of it right uh, in so social impactful programs and uh, how do you decide in terms of priority um so do you mean it in the sense of like how do researchers decide or how do companies decide or how like who 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 would who who are you thinking about so i'm i'm thinking from a see uh, in the end of the day social impact has to be done and there are too many of them right um, um so from a and every organization has a csr part of it the okay. uh, that and some part uh, some companies actually make it as a you know window dressing and some company really imbibe it so mm. i think uh, it, are you also looking at it from that angle in terms of using that as a weapon and take, giving them tools in terms of prioritization the prioritization of you know let's say there are four or five such uh, you know available possible uh, impactful projects uh, creating that kind of a, for example in um, in a normal traditional programs right a very simple how quickly what is the velocity in which you are able to make it happen what is the revenue what is the bottom line and uh, what is the brand equity i mean very uh, parameters are fairly straightforward there but in social impact that's not true right it's a there it gets a little fuzzy in terms of who are you impacting and are these the right people and mm. how hard is the change because in the, because uh, the, i mean every project in the end of the day needs that um quote unquote success right mm. so how mm. do you really uh, define your prioritization uh, palashi i mean do you have a theory at all theory uh, that you're developing uh, so um i am actually not the right person to answer this question but i will answer from the basis of my own experience of having worked in nonprofit and being involved in csr efforts and in whatever conversations i've had so my 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 topic doesn't necessarily deal with it in detail but what i would say is that i think there is what you said is absolutely right right in the sense that we we have this sense of corporate social responsibility which is a it's very narrowly defined i think in the way that we um we have this percentage of profits that we um dedicate and we involve employees i remember this was something that i um noticed the first time and was also one of the reasons i decided to move into thinking about tech and society was when i was at deloitte it was um where we had one of those days where the giving day where like you know everybody did volunteer work as part of the thing as beautiful as as it was where everybody did this kind of work together i also felt that it was a little bit like the imagination of what can be possible was really small in the sense that just a day was not enough right and so i think that the challenge that actually i would encourage um and i wish the companies and organizations would take up is that how do you imagine the question of capital as you rightly mentioned coming together with society like how do we maximize relationships between social impact beyond thinking of a percentage of profit as our only commitment to society so a very simple example of that would be that if we are thinking about our social responsibility are we thinking about our social responsibility to the planet to the employees that are not just 
in the you know, sitting in these offices, but are also part of like extended parts of these organizations and what they use, right? So a very simple example of that would be that corporations like, um, and, and this might be unpopular, so I'm, I'm already putting it out there, but I think one of the challenges that we have within the technology industry is that certain kinds of work are seen as part of um, technical work, which others are not, right? So for example, a Nokia, Nokia um, uh, man, electronics manufacturing company, it has these plants that have electronic manufacturing workers working in Tamil Nadu. But they are not seen as part of the um, technical labor, even though they are building these systems that make sure that we build the technologies and the softwares that we do. But I think we should expand the idea of corporate social responsibility to expand who counts as part of the stakeholders that we take care of so that the, the social responsibility is not just measured in terms of how much money we give. Um, towards society, but also who do we bring in with our imagination of progress and capital and growth, right? Like who do we who do we bring into the fold? And I think that is a really challenging thing to do because of the fact that we are so used to um, this setup, right? And it's also like part of the global setup. It's not just India that's doing that, right? Like um, the whole idea of outsourcing certain kinds of work in the technology industry to India and other parts of the world has the same problem, right? Like they um, they think that certain kinds of labor need to be done by other parts of the world and it's cheap there and things like that. So I think this is an unpopular opinion, but I think the expansion of the idea of social responsibility needs to happen. Then the question of prioritization becomes very different because then you're not thinking about whether we should give in uh, precedence to thinking about um, just women in technology or uh, neurodiverg neurodivergent communities in technology. You're thinking about interconnections of like, how does women who do work uh, both in the technology industry are also being supported by domestic workers in the house and they are actually part of the technology industry. The technology industry will collapse. It did collapse actually in the pandemic. We saw so many women leaving the industry because of the fact that we just didn't have the kind of support we needed. So what does, what does the social responsibility uh, look like when we expand our ideas of who's part of the community? I think that's, that's my provocation and that's what I think should be the way to move forward in thinking about this. Fantastic, fantastic, Palaki. I remember you and I were having a conversation on when we talk about women in tech. Yeah. Who is women in tech? Is it only coding or is it the business analysts, project managers or the HR or the finance or the people who actually come and help you in your office? Women there. Right. I mean, where do you, I mean, uh, where do you draw the line or do you need to have a line at all, right? I think right. that's really where it is. I think if you don't, bring uh, you know people uh, along with you then uh, collapse of uh, ideology happens more accelerated way than in a smaller way i think um, have, so I, I think we've been talking about the past what does future hold for you palashi i think uh, i'm very interested to understand you know, because when we talk about social impact intersection of different fields right um, i i would imagine um, if it is a it's it is not necessarily a mainstream kind of a program right you go for a fan kind of a company or a you know companies which are more how, how do you where where are you where is your mind at in terms of you know what are your next steps after your uh, phd and you finish it by end of this year 
So um, my personal, I think there are many goals that you can achieve as a PhD student, uh, can have many directions, you can go work with industry, go work in consulting, go work in academia. But I personally love teaching. <laughs> so I, um, and I think it's it's an incredible opportunity, especially at the college level where students um, are coming in with like um, a, a somewhat of a mature mindset, like something that it, it's it's a different way of engaging with learning unlike the school level which I've done and which is extremely tough and I don't think I can do it again because I think school I think school teachers are actually uh, angels sent from above and I have immense respect for them but I don't think I can do it but the thing that excites me about um, college education and which is what I want to do in alongside doing research is that not only does research get grounded in how do you train for in my example I want to train engineers in thinking ethically about society and social impact um, I think that is a real place to um, make change and really mold minds uh, as they move into the world and do their own thing and you know shape the world but also at the same time it gives me an opportunity to learn from them like you know stay in touch with younger generations that are going to be building the future of technology so the future of technology is actually also in these classrooms that I want to teach in. At the same time, I think I have only scratched the surface of thinking about um, ideas of diversity, inclusion, social um, kind of justice in the, in the field of technology, and I want to continue building on it. So I think my research will um, continue to build on the work I've done, ask more questions, trying to figure out policy answers, practice answers, answers of um, how do we move forward, but also at the same time, um, build a source of knowledge from all the interviews I've been doing, all the conversations I've been having with amazing women and uh, practitioners in the field. I want that knowledge to become more accessible to people who want to um, keep moving in this direction and find value in uh, thinking about how is it that uh, an industry which is really focused on building a progress and future and modernity also is uh, deeply implicated in social relations. And so how are the women in these industries and other people in these industries imagining a different future, a different culture, a different space of technology going forward? So that's kind of what is in for me. And that's that makes me excited, makes me want to get out of bed every morning um, because I feel like um, I'm really in incredibly lucky to get to do this kind of work, which I find uh, very meaningful and exciting to work on. Wow, <laughs> amazing, Palaji. I was actually planning to say, ask for, you know, what are your messages uh, to the uh, software community at large? But I think um, equity and thinking, uh, you know, the ecosystem at large, I think is the underlining, underlying message that we've been speaking about. Yeah, in fact, I, you know, your conversation, the conversation we had had um, as part of my research really made me think about how much um, our lives are intertwined outside of the workplace with the work we do, right? So we end up thinking that our workplace is where work ends, but it doesn't. Like now, it now it not, even more than ever. And so I think um, it's it's if my if I had to give a message to um, the software community from my learnings of having been a software engineer and going forward, it's very easy to feel like this is this is the world that we live in and this is all that there is. But there's a world beyond that and everything that we're consuming to everything we are seeing is all interconnected with different communities that are making it possible for us to see. So I think expanding our 
ideas of what our social responsibility is as builders, as engineers, as future makers of technology is the um, is the way to kind of move forward and bring in the fold, like take take the kind of um, skills and knowledge you have to the spaces that um, could really use it and bring in the people that um, can really change the way that um, technologies are able to make a difference in the world, I think would be my message from my learnings of whatever I've been doing so far. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic, Kalashi. Thank you, thank you so much for your time. And I appreciate as part of the uh, folks who are listening, hope you've got uh, an, uh, one ounce of inspiration and um, please continue to do your uh, fabulous work, Kalashi. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. We thank Siddharth for the music and Anita for promoting the software people's stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com.